Are you really connecting with a particular Book Interrupted member and want to hear more of what they have to say? With your free trial to Unpublished, you gain access to the Book Interrupted Inklings and real-life video content of our day-to-day -day challenges, thoughts, and opinions. Go to www.bookinterrupted.com backslash unpublished to start your free trial today. Book Interrupted is running another contest. We're giving away a one-year membership to Masterclass. Is there a passion project you've always wanted to pursue? To find out more, go to www.bookinterrupted.com contests. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. There's so many things that we say dated every day that we say are feelings that aren't feelings. And this is how big my pain is. So you're fat. And I start bawling <laughs> my eyes out. I'm like, maybe it's this. I mean, I was bullied extremely as a kid. And you're right, because we don't go around like, Meredith, you made me happy. <laughs> Let's sew our skin together. <laughs> my body is Disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with uh, And we're gonna talk it uh, out on Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from June 20th to July 25th. It's Meredith's book pick, and we're reading Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg. Nonviolent communication illustrates how to use language to strengthen your relationships, build trust, prevent conflict, and heal. Yeah, we all just find different ways that are usually established at a very young age, and then we just carry on these ways of like acting out. And what this book is providing is a reevaluation period. Like, is the way that you are choosing to interact with others working for you or not working for you? And how is it, it, where's your own responsibility in the equation? If you're not just talking to yourself, if you're talking to someone else, is the goal for both of you to the best of your ability to come out in a win-win situation? If it is, this book is delightful. It makes me obscenely nervous. <laughs> like I get all like sweaty palms when I'm reading it. Cause I'm like, you wrote the conflict word again. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> but yeah, it's like so helpful. There's so many things that we say dated every day that we say are feelings that aren't feelings, right? Mm. I feel unappreciated. I feel manipulated. I feel, or you make me feel this. And, it, and it's, it's just part of our regular language. And it's hard to like switch it over being like, wait, I don't feel unappreciated. How do I actually feel? Like annoyed, tired, angry? What is it? And uh, especially like one of my children is a huge challenge. And so it's just like, if you, if I go in trying to do this, like the control, it just escalates and we never get to an end, right? Like ever. <laughs> so <laughs> never. Um, it's just very interesting. And it's hard. It's hard to do nonviolent communications because it's so natural to do it the other way or to be like, it's so natural to want to blame somebody for your feelings when they're not good. Right. Mm. I don't know, mm -hmm. right? It just yeah, goes. you're right, because we don't go around like, Meredith, you made me happy. 
You know, <laughs> like we wouldn't get into blame and accusations over like the nice and pleasurable emotions, but we sure as heck um, want to offload for the more negative or uncomfortable emotions. I actually I'm- try to do that when I have a pleasant experience with someone. I try to give them the feedback that I appreciate the way that this went down because it made me feel really validated mm-hmm. or acknowledged or whatever. Because of that whole thing, it's rooted in like, you know, usually you, you recognize it with that bad boss, right? That one that only points out when you're not doing it right. And then you don't get any credit for when you're doing something well. So from that, I've applied it to everybody, to Leah's point, because it's an excellent tool for manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really ups the performance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it also depends on if, I mean, I was bullied extremely as a kid and I learned very at a young age that if you, I would never, I always talk about people's behavior and I was also a camp counselor. So that was a huge thing too, is you, you never attack somebody about their person. You always say, you know, about mm. you talking specifically about behavior, because I think being bullied and being called names all the time, I, I knew right away how horrible that was to be called something that you know, like you idiot or some whatever. I don't mm-hmm. they didn't use idiot, but like something like that where you're like, well, that's if you said like that was not very, I don't know, Thoughtful. logical or power, yeah, whatever, yeah. Or like to do this or whatever, then like it's an action or an event that happened. To call somebody a name is just never gonna accomplish something. So to blame somebody for your feelings or to I don't know. I just so I think as a camp counselor and being bullied, I just never did that. Like because I, I knew what it was like to be on the other side. I don't know. The bullying yeah. years. Oh God. <laughs> I think that calling someone a name does accomplish something, but it accomplishes something in a, in an ineffective way because it, it depends on your goal, right? So if your goal is actually to resolve the conflict or to come to a resolution about whatever's going on, then you would want to avoid name calling because what it does is it creates, if you have a path to your solution, like name calling, <laughs> makes a path to like, now we're going to see who can make like the other person feel worse. So it's just like a divergent, but what it is accomplishing is an expression of your feelings just in a really poor way. It's an an ineffective way to communicate your feelings. Cause what you're saying when you're attacking someone is I'm hurt or I'm upset or whatever. Right. And they can't hear, Oh, I'm hurt. I'm upset. They hear or they feel pain because you've personally attacked them. And then they want to respond and up that ante and be like, well, now I'm hurt. And this is how big my pain is. So you're fat or whatever, right? Like what's going to be the thing that I can say to you that makes you feel the worst. And then we're on this path of like downing each other then rather than pursuing the solution. So I think Mm -hmm. that that has just to comment on the fact, like it has a purpose, but that purpose is not the most effective way to meet that need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes to add to what you said, I think what I've noticed within myself and then just other experiences is that sometimes language and communication is used as a way to not find the solution and act like a release on the pressure because you just want to get that anger out of you. It then becomes a tool to accomplish something else, which is like the water is boiling. Yeah. The lid is on and I just want to get it, like, just let it out explosion. And yeah, that's where, uh, yes, this is such a fascinating book so far because violence does make me think of anger, which makes me think of anger typically is a secondary emotion. Usually it tries to mask fear. So like, no wonder why when we speak out in rage, we're saying the most hurtful things because we're trying to protect probably the most vulnerable parts of ourselves. 
So, you know, um, armchair expert, I mean, we, I know Leah loves anyway. Yeah, it's like so the best. Do- yeah, Dax is constantly talking about AA and his steps and whatever. And he said that there's, I think it's maybe step four, but don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on anything because I, I never have the facts. <laughs> but he says that there's a step where you, I guess you list off everybody, maybe it's resentments. You list off everybody that's ever upset you, whatever. And, and through this work, you eventually boil down to like basically what has caused these feelings in you kind of concentrate down to three major fears so when you're feeling angry, right, when you're when you're responding to someone and you feel like you're like, ah, like, it, you know, like that whole HPA is set off and everything. He says more often than not, one of his three main fears have been triggered. And if he can understand that, then he's able to come back to a conversation and be like, OK, I'm sorry that I overreacted when you said whatever what was actually happening was my fear of scarcity was being triggered. Mm-hmm. And and it's oh. it's not personal at all, right? Like it has nothing to do with what the other person did. Or, like for whatever reason, his fear, he's got a fear of not having enough, right? Because he grew up poor. So he's always had a money thing or he has a, a thing about status. I think he has a fear of I, I'm not being good enough. So if any of those fears end up getting triggered by whatever the conversation happens to be, he finds that he re- behaves or reacts inappropriately, like kind of just bigger than it needs to be. And he can tell by the way that their conversation goes and he takes a break and he goes back and he he sits with himself and he's like, okay, what actual fear is actually being triggered here? And then he's able to say like, oh, that's why I'm responding like this. It has nothing to do with what we're fighting about. My fear of scarcity was triggered or whatever. So that's kind of cool too, right? Like when you say that anger is covering up fear, that's what that made me think about. Yeah. Anger is easiest to show. Right. So that's why it's the go to where because what you're saying is true, Kara, that usually the actual emotion behind it is a very exposed nerve. Right. It's a very vulnerable. And so fear makes sense. Right. I love you, Shepard. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes. Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book interrupted. I had a beautiful interruption today of getting a real life visit from Lindsay dropping off the PMS support uh, vitamins from the Brazen Company, Kirsten Kirchmer's company, author of Seeing Red. And though we couldn't hug or stand close together, we did a handoff and had a nice chat with her and her fella. And it was so nice to see. A book interrupted gal in real life. Uh, Hasn't happened, aside from my sister, of course. Hasn't happened yet. It'll be a pretty amazing time when actually all of us can somehow get together in real life, if that day ever comes. Book interrupted. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Have you guys seen any videos with uh, Marshall B. Rosenberg? He does like a puppet show thing. Oh my God. He has puppets and he sings songs and he's like Mr. Rogers. He has that Mr. Rogers vibe. He's so calm and like you want a sing-songy voice and like everything. I wonder whether that was always his personality or whether he just, because of nonviolent communication, he learned to be like that. So I wonder whether this is more successful for people who are calm at the center and Mr. Rogers like. Does he <laughs> no. use that for adults or is that just yeah, a tool for to adults. bring children in? No, he has a jackal and a g- giraffe. He uses and a giraffe because the giraffe has a 
gigantic heart. Does so, it? and then like actually, yeah, because yeah. it's a huge animal, right? And it's got to get oh, okay. up to the brain, a okay. long neck. It's got like a humongous heart. Not that it's like a very loving animal. Like maybe it is, but I mean, he's talking about like the size of the heart. And then the jackal. Is the jackal supposed to represent like he's a real jerk? Not necessarily he's a jerk. <laughs> like, yeah, just like fucking around. Whereas the giraffe's being more mindful and conscious about like what's going on. The jackal is just kind of going on instinct, maybe. Yeah, right? and I would think probably more reactive, yeah. Right, like sure. this book is about mindfulness, like being mindful about your needs and your feelings and other people's needs and feelings, which is hard, but like understanding that somebody else's need, they have the same needs, but they're fulfilled different ways. And so, um, especially if you're talking to somebody who had a different upbringing, this is kind of important. But yeah, he does like Peppa shows. And, uh, but how do you get to know what, like for instance, I'll care up, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna... And just lay you right out, girl. Okay. <laughs> like, how would I know? It doesn't pertain to you because we don't really have. Well, I mean, we do maybe we don't really fight. I don't think. I don't think we do. That I can remember. Like, how would I know what the fuck your needs are, dude? This is a a sticking point in in my marriage. Mm. Like, how would I know you don't? It's I find as a over communicator. And this is not, I'm not at you, Kara, but like, you know, no, no, go for it. Yep. so you know what I'm talking about. How the fuck would I know what your needs are? You guys, it's isolating. It keeps. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, he has a response. Much. If we were to take you and be as an example, it's not but just about with you, you doing. Like, I yeah. never know what your needs are. I have to like. Right out of you. No, you're right. Yeah. So in a way, we're asking a lot of those close to us, but it is a two-way street. Like you can't take on all of the responsibility. I would probably say what would likely help a relationship is building of trust and building of trust happens for different people in different ways. And one of the best ways to do it is you become a student of the other person. Does it make it more challenging for your type of personality with B's type or my type where we're very, we can be almost secretive, withholding. Mm -hmm. It's very unintentional. To someone like me who shares like literally every, like there isn't a secret. I just don't have them because I, I don't know. I have like no shame response or something or something. (laughs) But like, yeah, it feels very isolating. It's like a good, it's, it's weird because I, I envy the quality of being a silent processor because it seems like a peaceful way to live. And then especially like Sarah was talking about, like she actually is working through it. So it sounds like ideal. It's a good quality, but it's also, I find it very isolating being around people like. I think it's intentionally isolating. I think if I don't, when I don't bring consciousness to it, it is a coping mechanism that fits in with a pre-existing narrative, which is people are happier without me. I just fuck things up. It's safer if I stay back. And don't reveal all of me because all of me is bad or defective oh, in some way, right? Like somehow a hassle. So then, yeah, exactly. A total hassle. Oh. Or if I express my needs or if I am authentically who I am, then I absolutely wouldn't be included. So it's not coming from a healthy place. Does it make it more work for people like you who have a willingness mm. to want to get to know the inside? You betcha. Is it going to be fucking easy? Fuck no. It would be like probably long and hard, but the other person, so B and myself, we have a huge responsibility as well. Mm, that's interesting. You can't care, but that's your nature too, Leah. You'll just want to. Wow. 
I want more. Take care of, make sure, yeah, everything's okay. So you'd have to be careful for reciprocity. You maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing you're isolating yourself because I'll just be like, <laughs> let's sew our skin together. <laughs> like there might be a reason why. <laughs> yeah. I think that just because I have, because my partner is actually really good dealing with my isolating, mm-hmm. not really knowing what's going on. But that's the thing. I think the key is to find, see what his things are, like his triggers are, like his behaviors that clearly mm. means something's happening. But then my husband doesn't pry and let's talk about it, whatever. He just says like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know, this thing's not working. He's like, no, 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 what's going on? This yeah, has been a couple days now. Like you need to figure out what's going on. Like you're upset about something. And then he leaves. That's it. <laughs> he made his statement oh. and then he's gone. And then, oh, and then I spend like literally the rest of the night or the next couple of days being like, what is going on? I am kind of, and the, the next time I have wow. a little trigger, I think, I don't think, oh, I'm so angry at this plant or I'm so angry at whatever. I think, mm-hmm. oh, something really is going on. And then I take, then I have to sit with it. And he's never mentioned it again. He mentioned it once. <laughs> and then now oh. I'm like, Oh no. Like, well, I don't until know. Until I figure it out. And then I'm like, oh, and then I go to him. I'm like, I figured out what it is. Could be hours. Yeah. It could be days before I say, I figured it out. <laughs> but can we do that as your friends? Like as, as yeah, your friends totally. and your sister, like how would you yeah. like us to approach when you're like that? <laughs> yeah, you see Not that you're ever. Like, no, but, but you see me doing something that's clearly. Like that. Yeah. No, yeah. Kim's done it to me before. Being like, what's happening? And I'm like, what? And then she's like, something's going on. What's happening? Tell me. Yeah, and like, you're not telling me something. (gasps) Spill it. And I just start bawling my eyes out. I'm like, maybe it's this. And And I'm like, finally, now we can figure it out. But it has to be like in a situation where it's calm and just like something clear is going on. Like something's happening that you're not saying. And I'll be like, no, no, nothing. Fine. Yeah, there's a strong denial. There's something. There's There's a strong denial. She will. And like angrily, like it'll be obviously like I'm thinking about I won't reveal anything, but that tarot card reading. Yeah. Right. So like obviously there is a harsh like shield of armor being placed down where I'm like I think that uh something whatever and she's like no and I'm like but this is the reasons why I think that no and like and your reaction is like, telling you ah. yes yeah and yeah, yeah. And, like everything and, that you're doing yeah everything yeah. everything else is saying yes except for that word no like but then so, do you push like because I would I, be like I do right, fine I'll talk because, to you later no no <laughs> like, I, I do because I think the what you did it just continued with the tarot card and when another card came up you're like are you sure <laughs> <laughs> I, I, go, I, I can push because of our relationship like if I had a if it was a brand new person I might still be as confident in my assessment but not knowing them yet I wouldn't I wouldn't push um but with Sarah I would push and if she was like straight blanket denial then I wouldn't bother because there's no point right because she's not she's not ready to acknowledge her own or feel or whatever it is that's that's holding up the shield but in that particular situation, the tarot cards were very helpful because they just continued being like, can't deny every single card pointing this way, every single oh, card. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> I know, like, by that, I don't think it was like the fourth or fifth card. You're like, she oh, lost you it. sure? She finally was like, <laughs> But that's the thing. Like, I think putting, because I was in denial. So when I am, I'm, I don't, I can't see anything. Like I've pushed it down so hard. It's just saying, I think something's happening. Just putting the seed in my brain for me to be like, oh, 
something might be happening. Okay. Yeah, now it I takes a digestion. It mm-hmm. Yeah. It's way. Yeah. Because she's not responsive to the forcing. I'm just more forcey because I feel like, and that I always feel, I don't know how I feel. Like I always feel like I sound, I don't want to ever sound like an ego person or like, Oh, I'm so great or whatever. But, and I feel like I sound like that when I say this, but I'll say it nonetheless. Cause I still kind of feel like that's true. I think I'm pretty good at reading people, like how they're feeling, like, because we communicate in all sorts of ways. Like Mary was saying a little while ago, right? Like I, not just like, Oh, I feel, and we're saying feelings that aren't feelings or whatever, but also like passive aggressively all day long, people are telling me what is actually going on with them. And so I feel like I, and I'm have an awareness of it. Right. And this is another thing too, is that sometimes when you come from trauma, some trauma reactions are being hyper aware of other people because you're trying to, it's a self-preservation thing because maybe you came from a situation where shit goes down. So it behooves you to be very hyper aware, to be three steps ahead of when is this shit like, and this again goes back to with Dax, he calls it his spidey sense, but there was a psychologist on that called him out and was like, that's actually like, that's not cool. That's trauma. But he's like, no, I'm good with it. Right. Whatever. And I feel like I, I relate to that in some way. And I feel like that's maybe a source of where, cause I can't explain it even right now, as you can hear me, I can't explain it in such a eloquent way that it makes sense. It's all feeling, but I do feel where other people are. And I think that it's fairly accurate, like most of the time. And so I become frustrated when other people don't even realize where they're at. And I just want to be like, mirrors, mirrors, look at yourself, look at your, like, these are the, here's the evidence, like mm. whatever. And so people don't respond well to that. Surprisingly. No. <laughs> <laughs> but sure? that's why, that's why I get like, you know what I mean? Like I have to consciously <laughs> like try to pump my own brakes because some people are not ready yet. But I, I and I, I just think it's weird because me as an outside person, I shouldn't know before you know, you're you, you know. So then I, so I know that they know, but for whatever reasons, they're like, I don't want to know. And so anyways, I find it frustrating. And sometimes I push when I shouldn't push. I'm kind of curious, Lindsay, I really appreciated that you were curious and wanted to ask, like, how can like you help with personalities like Sarah or myself and Leah, how can you help with like personalities like B and that? How can we help personalities like Lindsay and Leah, because one of the things I appreciate about you most, you are perfect. (laughs) perfect. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Like what Kim said is we can take in for whatever circumstance happened. We just part of our gift or specialness was born from painful past moments, right? So I feel like we can take in so much stimulant in information. It's very refreshing to be around people like Lindsay and Leah because it is straight and to the point and it's very direct and there's no guessing and you just know where you land with them. But sometimes as you were saying, Lindsay, sometimes you're like, oh, maybe it could come across as like too harsh if I'm just like, pick up your fucking socks, you know? So what can we do that's helpful with your types of personalities? Like, is it just speaking much more directly and clearly? That's exactly. Just tell me how you feel. Just be totally exactly how if you if you're angry at me and you're like, Lindsay, you said something that I didn't want you to say or whatever. Just say that to me. I really won't take offensive. I'll be like, great. Thank you for telling me. I'll learn from it and move on. Like it's, it really? doesn't stay with me. It's just like, great, thanks, move on. Well, for people that I love, if it was someone yeah, yeah. I didn't, I love all you guys. So I can take anything from any of you. 
or anyone that I love and just process it and think about it and learn from it. And and if I don't agree with you, if I think that you're, if you say something to me and I'm like, oh, well, then I'll just also move on and be like, oh, well, okay, that's her opinion. Done. Yeah. One of the oh. hardest things is like when you ask somebody, they're like, is everything okay? And obviously something I'm is fine. Wrong. And they're like, no. <laughs> And so for the next several days, you're like, are you sure? Like, is there something bothering you? Like, you seem upset or you've been very quiet or whatever. You're just like asking people are like, no. And then like a month later or whatever, finally it's like, okay, I was upset about that. You're like, okay, well, can we resolve that? Let's now resolve. Like, I, that's the most frustrating when you're like, oh, did that bother you? No, no, it didn't bother me. And you're like, uh, are you sure? Because I'm okay. <laughs> if it did, just tell me because I'll never do it again. Because yeah. you kind of smell like a toxic individual who's possibly aggressively dropping these That's one of my bombs. least favorite things too. When you have to first get someone to even admit that they have a problem and you're like, I can tell with everything else you're doing and saying that you're upset with me, but you refuse to say that you're upset. And then it's frustrating because I think your intention would be to resolve it or learn from it, right? Especially if it's someone you love. And yeah, so having to first convince them <laughs> that they like to could like... It's really, I have don't, a don't have you know what that reminds me of? You know what that reminds me of? I went to this healer once with a, another girlfriend. They were just telling us whatever. And it, it completely relates to me the way I am when I get upset. And I'm sure Kara's the same way. They're like, when you get upset, it's like you're slowly releasing a poison and slowly yeah. poisoning everyone around you slowly, you know? And then they said this other friend, they're like, and you're like a poison dart. Instantly, they're done. <laughs> and, um, but you made me think that. And I've had that in the past where I've actually had bosses say, you know what? You're like leader of the team. You're really positive and passionate. And people do what you say. But when you're not happy, it makes the entire team toxic. So if you're not happy about something, you need to come to me first because it will literally seep to the entire team. And I was like, oh. And it made me think of that, like that analogy this oh. healer said to me. And that's what it is, right? Like what Mary's saying, when you say something to someone and someone like me is like, no, everything's fine. It's because it's like slowly poisoning until we're like, oh no, yep. Sorry, everyone. I've now killed everyone. That reminds me. That reminds me of how I process people are losing too. it all of a sudden, right? Like yeah. they're like blowing up. Trying to kill everyone for a month. (laughs) I've only just realized that, and I blame it on being, or I attribute it anyways to being a water sign. That the way that you're talking about that poison dart, I feel like it would be in line with how long it takes you to figure out how you're actually feeling, too. Right? Like your trigger to do that is Mamadou being like, okay, what's going on? And then you're like, oh, something is going on. And then you then you have that like trigger to now oh I need to self-reflect because something's going on he saw it and okay I don't I haven't owned it yet right so that seeping poison if you didn't get interrupted with a hey you would it would seep right and it reminds me of uh, I know because I feel I feel I don't deny that I feel uncomfortable or yucky or not okay with how something went but I do still need the time to like let it percolate and I don't know Mm. where I got the information the mistaken information that I needed to know how I felt immediately maybe it was from who I was communicating with because a lot of times they're like in unhealthy relationships a lot of partners will demand like immediate responses and communication at times when you're not ready yet and and then that is also chaotic like that is a stress response too when someone's demanding that you deal with them and I bet you this applies to Sarah Kara, if they are being forced to communicate before they're ready, it just makes it worse, right? Like, I don't know how I feel, right? And I'll, so what happens with me now with my partner is I'll be like, I have 
feelings and I don't know what they are yet. So I need to, I need to sit with them. I need to feel them. I need to figure out like where they trace back to. And then I'll be able to communicate with you about like where I'm at. And I feel when I've felt my feelings, like I feel yucky and crappy. And then when I feel like when I get to the end of the trail, then I feel relieved. And then I'm able to come forward and present whatever. But for some reason, there's like this unwritten rule, which is a false rule that you don't have the time to do that. And you should take the time to do that. Mm. That's, totally. that's, point. that's so yeah. true. Cause I always know how I feel instantaneously. Like oh it's, God, I need how? no time to process, but it's true. There's no rule. Like I'm always doing that to be, I'm always doing that to my husband trying to like, well, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, he literally hasn't felt a feeling in like 30 plus years. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he of course to... doesn't know how he feels about it. And he's scared. <laughs> Cause yeah, cause it's like, darts are coming. And, yeah. Like wild and doing dishes and like well I'm upset <laughs> like crazy person <laughs> and like I feel yeah it's true like to a certain extent I wonder like well I always think that that's what attracted him to me is because I'll do most of the feeling for both of us you know mm. but it's a good point like I, I, that's true there's no timer to being connected to your feelings it just happens really instantaneously for me and Lindsay I thought that was such a good point about how to deliver a message or a Kara's question, answering Kara's question. Like, yeah, just yeah, hit, me, hit me with some honesty, y'all. I think it comes down to, for me, is nobody knows me more than I know me. So like, I, I can just say uh, that doesn't feel true to me, but I can still hear you. I mean, if you deliver a message, there's a way to deliver any message nicely. If you know yourself enough, you can, anyone could say anything about you. I know me more. I know my oh. intention more. Mm. This yeah, is so, so like, helpful. You can just that... tell me the truth. I I th- I hate that you don't share. I hate Coming it. back to the like oh. time it takes to process stuff. With some people in my life that I know take a long time, I'll say, "I've been thinking about this. I want to talk to you about this. Don't say anything right now. Think about it, mm. and then we'll talk about it later." Mm. Like this is one of my favorites, especially like people in my life who have trouble with change. My daughter. I'll like tell her <laughs> something the night before. I said. We're going to talk about this. Think about you, what, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Or, but not, not just my daughter, though. Other people, if they know, I know they're going to take a while to process and they don't like being put on the spot. Mm-hmm. I will give being them the, the information ahead of time because I realize that some people don't want like to be put on the spot and then they get defensive. And once they get, def- when somebody gets defensive, then I start getting defensive. I mean, that's what this book is about is how to not get defensive because it, it escalates so quickly. When one person becomes defensive, everybody's like, whoop, shield up. And that's when the fighting happens. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. isn't there a thing though about the, like, I mean, they used to teach that you should never go to bed angry. And I think that that's, I mean, Blair taught me that sometimes you do go have to go to bed. If you're feeling emotions, I, I'm not like Leah. I don't, I don't necessarily feel my emotions right away. I often need to sleep on it or I, I'm also not great with change. Weirdly, considering I've traveled, done all this stuff. Like I need time to process. So I always prefer if people say to me this and whatever, like you can, that's why I want people to be honest. So I have time to process and then come back to whatever the problem is or the issue is. But I also want to say one other thing that uh, everybody was saying about people that aren't blunt and honest. I actually not, I love Kara and Sarah and they're part of my life. (laughs) And because you've been part of my life a long time, but any new friends or anybody new, if you're not going to be honest with me or blunt, out of my life. Hit the road. Like, 
not 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 my friends not my anything um i give you guys time because i love you and care about you and have developed this time in this relationship but yeah i don't i don't have any time for anybody that wants to wants to like play games with me no thank you not that you're playing games but like you had like no no i get what you're saying there's an area like I guess the the I would take from that conversation is that the underlying message is, is that if you want to know how to communicate better, take responsibility for your feelings, right? Yeah. Have your feelings. Mm. And and with specifically Lindsay, Lindsay and Leah, obviously there's a relationship there. So remember the safety, like practice with them, right? Remember the safety that is inherent in those relationships. So take responsibility for your feelings and then try to push yourself to share them. Right. I Take did that. Time. Remember at the beginning of Brooke Interrupted, I was like, oh, I was feeling whatever I was feeling. And I was like, oh, but this is Lindsay. That's another thing yeah. that helps me with these emotional things that might help Kara is that I use the content. Like instead of being like, this is a conflict, I'm like, I make it so I reference the person who's saying the information. So if my husband says something, oh, I take it yeah. differently than a stranger. Like if Lindsay says something and I had a reaction, which I did, I was just like, oh, wait a minute, but it's Lindsay. So she would she's never, not angry at me. she's not mad oh. at me. Like, so I know it's her. So she doesn't really, she's not mad at me and she doesn't think I'm doing a bad job and all the crazy stuff I have from my work life. And then I mentioned it out loud. So then it wouldn't be a thing anymore. Well, and then we had a talk too. Yeah. And then we talked it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if I don't, because like you guys are saying, it's, it's not that even that I'm being dishonest. I, I'm not even being honest to myself. I, it takes me, it's like a, like a precondition, like it's something I learned that I'm trying. That's very difficult. It's really in there. I'm really trying to unlearn it, but it's like a coping mechanism that I learned. Sorry, Lindsay got looped in with me. Sorry, y'all. No, I'm I'm happy to be looped in with you. Go us. I feel like I'm looped on both sides. So I don't think you're as brash as I am. I think you're very kind of conscientious person. My mother is pretty, well, my mother is extremely blunt. So I learned it from her for sure. So I, I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like, but definitely. There you go. Yeah. You seem pretty thoughtful well, before you speak. Thanks. But... And I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I love how this book has provided like an opportunity for us, like people who have known each other fairly long time to even find new ways of understanding each other. And like, I'm so sorry to any of you that it's just like what Sarah said. It's no intention of being dishonest to any of you. It is a work in progress. You're so Kara. Yeah. I was trying to get we're not angry at you. No, I didn't think that you were. I I meant it. Yeah, you're just taking stuff. We're not angry at no. you for being you. I'm a little angry at you. <laughs> oh, well, deal with it. No, I just meant it more is like just how appreciative I am that I am surrounded by such wonderful people who did put in the patience because it's really easy to see your own perspective and not to see another's, right? So that's what I was trying to say about that. Well, uh, Kara has been very open for the last couple of years, I think. What this book showed me, though, is that even though I thought, like, I had a good idea of what motivated me to maybe feel things, I had the list, and I was like, oh, it just taught me more emotional intelligence. Has, it, has anybody read that book, the EQ, emotional intelligence thing? I haven't read that. Have you? EQ? Yup. I've heard about it, yeah. I feel like this kind of goes along with us, naming your emotions and stuff. I've read things on emotional intelligence, but not that book. 
it's very on trend in the business world mm-hmm. lately, I've noticed. And now it's shifting over into KQ, kinesthetic intelligence. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Body wisdom. Yeah. Give me some of that yeah, body wisdom. Give it to me. Mm. Uh. But they do say that EQ is a better predictor of success in life than IQ. My vagina knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I use it to paint. <laughs> a better predictor of what, Mare? Success. What, how, you know, success, I guess how you measure it, but success in life than uh, IQ. I can't tell you what the measures of success is in this statement, but that's something I read recently. Yeah, you're so Meredith. <laughs> Some people think that you're going to get like success from your higher education. And I've met people with very high levels of education who have no people skills. And so depending on the field they go into, they are not successful in spite of the fact that they've achieved, they've had success academically. They don't have success in their in their service field, for example. And I, and it's I all would, about relationships. Absolutely. Like, yep. Forming, uh-huh. maintaining relationships. Connection. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited um, about this because the connection part. Yeah. <laughs> this book is interesting because like in White Fragility, we talked about like if you do something, go off, figure out how you feel about it, evaluate it and all that stuff. And then uh, you can try to repair what you did. And so this kind of plays into that. Like, how do you know how you feel about something? You need to, some tools to if you if you don't if you weren't raised being allowed to feel all your feelings, um, which a lot of people have, then uh, it's nice to have a little tool to help you figure out what you needs you have and um, what feelings are exist. <laughs> right? There's more than like five. So yeah, um, who, uh, knew? yeah who knew? So we'll see how we how we do by the next time we all talk. Right? Yeah, I'm looking forward, forward to, it. to it. I'm going to be so clear and direct. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. Yay! Yeah, Kara's gonna go. Yeah, we'll wait. all change. Yeah. yeah, we're all like. Leah and I are now like. How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Leah and I are all, yeah, like then and like, we just need some time to, to think about our feelings <laughs> and Sarah and Sarah. Okay. Telling it like it is. I need this. <laughs> I come with like a list of needs to the next one. And I need this. And I need brown M&M's in the bowl, in the green room. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Thank you for the uplifting feedback and for recommending us to family and friends. We love hearing from you. Please reach out through our website at bookinterrupted.com fans or by emailing connect at bookinterrupted.com. We appreciate you for taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. See you next time on Book Interrupted. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Have one goddamn second to yourself, you know? <laughs> I can't do Zoom calls. I can't do... I'm just holding on by a thread here. Don't Mm -hmm. give me sympathy. Don't give me explanations. Mm. Don't give me solutions. Don't give me any of that. To the point of pushing them away because we just keep on talking (laughs) about the same thing. Trying to be supportive, but I'm just not a good listener. It's just like, when can we put the mic back on me? It is being expressed and accepted. And you would look at me like, I'm going to move a couple of robots. Book interrupted. Never forget 215. Every child matters.